You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Good morning. <laughs> Ty, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. Hey, uh, we've got a couple of awesome guests. Let me give them a quick intro. Um, Duncan, I don't ever know how to say your last name, so you just say it. It's Whoa Kabinu. <laughs> <laughs> we have Duncan, the founder of Gainesville Dev Academy, a web and app development academy designed to fill in the gap between the students that are learning and, or wait, that, that are, are learning and the job ready skills companies need. Right, my man? Did I That's say that right? right. Teaching, <laughs> teaching folks how to become web or mobile developers so they can get that first job in the tech industry. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, and then we have James Coates, Tony Stark of Gainesville himself, right here in the studio. He is the CEO of Phalanx Defense Systems, an organization dedicated to providing personal protective equipment to both first responders and the general public. And there's a really cool part about his business that they are the mission partner of Superheroes for Hope, which I definitely want to get into, um, which is just an incredible organization that creates um, opportunities for brave children that are battling those childhood diseases um, with the chance to immerse themselves in some pure childhood fun. So I'm like excited to dive into that because, (laughs) quick story, the first time, well, I knew James because we serve on the board of directors together at the Chamber of Commerce, right? And then my buddy hits me up. <laughs> he sends me uh, a Craigslist posting. He's like, and it's of this giant Albert the alligator. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's like, he's, and actually, it's my brother in law, Austin. And he goes, hey, man, he's like, I saw this. I just feel like it's something that fits new scooters <laughs> for less so well. You should get this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, we have to get that thing. So I sent an email, I didn't know he had it, like I sent an email and I'm like, man, like would you consider trade? I own a scooter dealership, I think this thing would be great out front and I would love to like like incorporate it into our business somehow. And then he responded and he was like, yeah, anything for you. <laughs> and once I realized who it was, I go over there. Okay, I'd never been over there. Like guys, I mean, we have to get, we gotta make sure that we get some really cool B-roll of your place to put over, put over top this podcast because um, man, like I went over there and there are just superheroes and like, you know, vehicles, like superhero vehicles everywhere. And I don't know, it was just one of the coolest experiences, like the coolest tours I've ever been on, you know, in at a business here in Gainesville. So do you know how I got that alligator? Uh, I think, I mean, I know that you told me Brad so had something mutual to Mutual friend of ours owns UF Mover Guys. Right. Very cool cat, Brad, and he's like, hmm. hey James, I know you like these life-size figures, are you interested in this nine foot tall alligator? And I was like, uh, it's not a superhero, but I was like, you know what? I could carve <laughs> it's this. It's a superhero to me, right. James. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what year it is, Colin. Um, it, it, so I, I looked at this thing and I was like, you know, I put a little, a little, a little thing out there on Facebook. Should I restore it or should I turn it into the Hulkbuster? Because it's a huge mm. thing, right? And I was leaning toward the Hulkbuster until I got an overwhelming. Please do not carve it up because it's a real piece of UF memorabilia that was came up missing from the Rice Union, and I was like. <laughs> 
Uh oh. <laughs> what happens when they find out we have it? Like, right? I'm not, am I going to be in touch with How did it come up missing? Well, so apparently there was a, a remodel at Wright's Union, and uh, it was relocated to the some outdoor sports complex. And they remodeled the outdoor sports complex and they gave it to one of the, the, the maintenance men there. And he had it in his front yard for like nine or 10 years and people kept trying to steal it. So that's how the arm got broken off and the tail got broken off, all these things. I mean, hey, well, it's, it's kind of styrofoam-ish. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's a big, thing. huge carved styrofoam piece. And, and at 16, I would have wanted to take the thing too, right? So I uh, ended up restoring the thing, putting it back together after Brad connected me with the guy. And uh, thanks to you, we actually had a, a really cool bike that we ended up auctioning off and raising money for the charity. So oh, awesome. it, it worked out fantastic. That was what we traded. We traded the bike for yeah, the really cool the yellow. Albert. I like yellow, by the way. Yeah. Do it well. When and then we <laughs> we had a video. I don't even know what vlog it was. Um, but we recorded the thing on one of our vlogs and we're like, have this thing on the trailer. We're like trailering it over here. I wanted to leave it out front, but saying I have the same worry. It's like overnight, somebody's gonna go and snap off the arm or snap off the tail. So we tried to create something to make it mobile, move it from the back to the front. And then that just started to wear on it too much. Like we fixed it a bunch of times. So now we have it in our back warehouse, but I, I hope to do something to where we can like, right, we'll, so we'll definitely expose it on the movie night. Duncan's helping us with the movie night. This episode will air after the movie night. So I'm just gonna, hey, Duncan, thank you for helping us on that movie night a few weeks ago. <laughs> now I'm gonna great movie. Up, even though it's coming up in a couple weeks. Now I'm gonna put the challenges out to your listeners. You're gonna hate me. So uh, I think that the gator needs to be borrowed and you need to uh, see how covertly it can come up missing. And you have to pay a ransom to get it back. But they <laughs> can't injure it, so they can't hurt it. There's There's some rules and regulations here. So uh, I think the ransom should be like 150 bucks and it goes toward my charity. So Ooh, I challenge cool. all your listeners to take the gator, Ooh, <laughs> bring God. it back oh, in one God. piece. This thing, this, thing this thing is giant. This thing is giant. Oh my gosh, man, this yeah. thing is giant though. Yeah, to move it, it'll fall apart if you keep moving. That's the only thing. <laughs> Try putting um, that thing in your can put it back together. Well, we, we, we repainted some of it. We repainted the F back on it and then we like like glossed it with like a clear, you know, the clear nice. spray or whatever. And I mean, it looks it looks amazing. And then, so that was when I like really got to know James and then got the full tour of the place. And this place is incredible. So we'll try to make sure we incorporate a little bit of the B-roll of all the characters. I mean, how many characters do you have over there? You know, I, I've- Including I've, yourself, sir, please. <laughs> I'm the largest character. Um, I probably have 50 different pieces now, but I've just rotated some out. So I, I, I got a Hall of Armor uh, from Iron Man. So that's now fully functional, operational. Uh, but I kind of moved out Star Wars section to do that to raise money for the charity. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, I definitely want to dive in way more on that. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of questions revolving around superheroes and stuff today. Um, but before we do, like time, I didn't mean to check in with you, man. Is there anything going on? Best of Gainesville World. Now this episode's gonna be airing in August. Like. I mean, we're back to school time is going to be yeah, man, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, we're getting ready to uh, drop our our magazine, Best of Gainesville magazine, August first. Um, it's our first issue, print and digital, forty eight pages. So we're working hard, getting ready. Who's the audience for the magazine? Everybody? So yeah, so it's uh, going to be distributed mostly on campus, about eighty locations on campus, midtown and downtown. But we're going to press it outwards a little bit to uh, 
the other sides of Gainesville, Micanopy, Alachua. You have to make it happen. Now, this is what's so great about the podcast being far in advance. Like you have to make sure that it's out before this episode. Yeah, no. We, we, <laughs> yeah, so now our, you're gonna be. Like, so so they're at uh, they're at locations everywhere right now. That's what yeah, you're telling they're me. At locations <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, sure, hope they are. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, guys, I want. So every podcast, we like to start with the origin stories. You know, like just what what led you to Gainesville, what led you to doing what you're doing right now, and um, and and just yeah, just why you're doing it. So Duncan, why don't we start with you, my man? Start with me. Um, <clears throat> what brought me to Gainesville was uh, uh, University of Florida, actually, College of Engineering. Um, Funny thing is, I, I went to school in a very small town in Kansas, and um, I think the population there was probably about 5,000 in the whole city. Uh, really small, single light. I had a full grant to go there, don't ask me. That's the only reason I went there. Um, and after two years of being in this super desolate place, I was like, I gotta get out of this town. This is from moving from New York to, uh, to Kansas. Anyway, um, while I was looking for college, I was looking for something that was like top engineering school, blah, 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 all this stuff. There was a lot of them, but there were very few that had a computer engineering program. And University of Florida ended up being on my top 10 list. And the weather made it the number one college for me to go to, <laughs> so I left. Uh, my last uh, winter in um, Kansas, I believe on, on the news they said, it feels like negative 52 this, this today, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. So I moved to Florida, and the first year I moved to Florida, it snowed. <laughs> it snowed. I'm like, are you serious right now? But um, that's why I came here, to go to college, uh, to engineering school at UF. Um, but yeah. And what year, what year did you finish? Uh, 92. Okay, and then what? That dates me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, ironically, um, I had a young fam family, so I actually uh, started working in sales. I did sales for a while, and and then kind of got tired of that and realized, wait, you just went to school to do engineering. Why are we doing sales? You know, if anything, I should have been a sales engineering uh, role. I uh, did sales. It was a good experience. Um, then um, I started working for the state of Florida, uh, doing uh, running a whole computer section, and did that for. 19 years, um, and then um, got tired of working for the state for many reasons, um, and uh, <laughs> um, ended up uh, uh, going to uh, work in a private company uh, called Register Patient, which many people probably have heard of if you live in Gainesville, uh, which is a health IT company. Uh, helped run as a program uh, coordinator over there uh, with basically helping uh, get their application uh, certified by the government for all kinds of stuff like meeting for use and that kind of stuff. Uh, they eventually moved their headquarters to Nashville and uh, I stayed in Gainesville. And after a while I decided um, I'm gonna be my own boss and start my own thing. It's pretty much, I've been an uh, entrepreneur since I think I was like 16, like always hustling, trying to sell people stuff, arbitraging things all the time. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let's just do this. Actually, when I was in college at UF, I actually had a job, well, not a job, but I actually had a career or whatever you wanna call it, and I, I actually did commercial cleaning. I would do a construction, uh, a construction cleanup, and that helped pay my bills. Um, so I decided that uh, I wanted to start my own thing, and what I realized was that uh, throughout my life I've had a lot of people help me get to where I wanted to be, 
uh, doing what I did. So I decided it's time to pay back, you know, like get back to community, uh, help other people become great, um, especially in the tech industry, because that's what I know. And so I decided to start a uh, boot camp to teach people how to become software developers so they can get their foot into uh, the tech industry. Um, and I know it's difficult, but it's also a very growing industry. So we're like, hey, let's do something. And besides, every time I turn around, I had somebody in the tech industry, especially startups, are always looking for developers. And they're always asking you, like, hey, you know any iPhone developers? I'm like, no, but if I do, I'll pass out, tell them, contact you, right? Um, nine months later, they're still looking for that person. Well, guess what? In my eyes, if you found anybody as competent enough, you know, well-educated, and you essentially put them in front of a computer, in front of a book, and told them, I need you to study how to become an iPhone developer. Within nine months, that person should be pretty darn good, right? And so that's where it came from, was like, we can do this. I could take anybody and teach you how to become a developer. And so we've done that now and had, I don't know, a little over 100 people have graduated from Games with Dev Academy. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And so how, how long have you been doing that now? Uh, three years. Three years. Three years. And... Did it, I, I know you had started it with Josh, mm -hmm. Josh Greenberg, for everybody who's listening, um, and he's not with us anymore, but was just such a impactful person on Gainesville. So um, did it, I, for some reason I remember, like Groove Shark had like Groove Shark University and stuff. They did. Did, did it, did it kind of, did it kind of stem from that, or am I just thinking that? Am I, or I just remember they had they were trying to always find people as well. I think it's actually a common issue yeah. with, especially in, with tech company. Everybody's trying right. to find talent. Like I hear this all the time, and I even see boards trying to be created to like constantly like re recruit talent for all of the growing organizations that we have here. Um, and like, is that what kind of led to the the development of this this company? I mean, I know it, like you said it, it did. Yeah, there's always that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a big part of it. I mean, so when I was thinking about this, I, um, I realized that one, one thing like we do with Dev Academy is not try to be the answer to everything. Like we try and um, create this ecosystem so we have other people that we partner with to do certain things so we can just focus on the education part. Gotcha. Um, and so when I was thinking about doing a Dev Academy, um, I approached uh, Josh uh, because of GrooveShark University. GrooveShark University was an internal training program for their recruiting purposes. Uh, what was fascinating talking to Josh was that they would get about 300 applicants every single time or more. And out of that, they would pick 12 people, and out of that, they'd hire one or two. Dang. Um, so this, this is me. I go home and I'm sitting thinking about this, and I'm like, wait, you had you turned away 288 people. There's 288 people that are motivated to want to learn how to become programmers. I'm like, wait, there's gotta be a market in here. There's gotta be a way we can help these people. Um, and so I approached Josh and I said, hey, can we take this from just being an internal training program and make it a community-based program? Um, and he loved the idea, and so we got together and we're working on, um, it, was, it was essentially gonna start off as GrooveShark University run by, uh, operated by Gainesville Dev Academy, and eventually it would have been Gainesville Dev Academy and GrooveShark University kind of disappears out the way. Um, and that was the whole concept behind that. But as you mentioned, uh, you know, Josh passed away um, six months after we got started. But, yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, he was an incredible individual as well, so. Yeah, totally amazing guy. I mean, I have um, never met a person that young that had accomplished so much and had such a huge impact on community, uh, which ironically I think is, I have this theory that uh, 
if you're that amazing, like super, super amazing, and you extend every ounce of energy and intelligence and all that, you tend to expire early. So I'm living a mediocre life just so I can live forever. <laughs> Not to say anything about anybody that's super intelligent, but. Yeah. I just, like, I remember um, running into him at some, some of, uh, it, was, it was one of those networking events, you know, and I, and I and this was like right after they had st- started going through like all the, I think it was like billion dollar lawsuits with a lot of those uh, music yeah. leaders, and um, and he was just so cool, so cool, calm and collected, and it was like it never faded. Yeah, it was like it never phased him. I'm like I'm like thinking I'm like, dude, I would be freaking out right now. <laughs> You know, yeah. you know what's he was, cool but, about him. But he was so always so giving of his time too, sure. man. Like, I, like even just reaching, I reached out to him one time. I'm like, I know this guy's busy at, like as heck, and I reached out to him and was like, hey, man, like everybody in Gainesville tells me that I just need to have lunch with you one day, and so I'd like to invite you out to lunch. And he was like, no, he's like, he, he was like, yes, come, but but you don't take me out. Come over to Groove Shark. Let me show you the place, and I'll like let's eat lunch at the cafe because like, they had this cafe. Exactly. <laughs> so he, he treated me to lunch after I invited him. To, you know, it was just like, it was just a stand-up dude. I tell you, um, uh, something that he did every day, I think it was twice a day, he had a room inside Group Shock where he just went in and meditated for 50 minutes every single day. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, for a guy that that's that busy would find the time to like meet with just about anybody. That's one thing I'll say about Gainesville. Most of us CEOs, founders, and anybody that's just great in my mind, um, I have never had a, a time where they say no. They always make time for you, you know, even even with the busy schedule. So I really appreciate that about this town, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, so my question to you is like, has it has it worked really well? Like, are, are the people that are coming out of the Dev Academy finding jobs with these tech companies here and, and staying here? Or, you know, I, I would hope so, but I mean, are a lot of them getting opportunities outside of Gainesville as well? So, you know, when we when we started, my idea was that, you know, we're all, everybody's always on this kick on retaining talent in town, and that's really, really hard to do, right? Because um, how, how can you blame a kid leaving University of Florida and getting a job at Amazon or Facebook? I'm like, hey, dude, go. That's what I would say. But uh, so we were targeting more of people that are already residents here. So you either have a home or you're married. And so these people are already like sold on staying here. It's like, hey, let me turn you into a great developer. You're not going anywhere. At least you, you, you know, create more value out of that person. Um, as to, to answer your question, um, we've had... I, I can name at least one person, or actually several, but at least one person that was a cook for several years, and uh, they essentially told me that if the the dream was always to go to Chengming, Thailand, and they figured, and ironically, they actually work for Groove Shark's cafeteria, <laughs> um, that uh, and so they were always surrounded by uh, developers, and they thought this was a great thing, and so they said, you know, they try to teach themselves how to do some coding, so that kind of helped. But they say that it would have taken them four years to save up for two weeks worth of vacation to go to Chengming at the rate that they were working. Uh, come to Dev Academy, graduates, calls me two months after they graduate and tells me I have three job offers. The lowest one is 60 grand, the highest is 80 working remotely. Um, so I don't know if that shows anything, you know, in terms of uh, 
does it produce? Sure, and I will tell you this, there is no magic to what we do. We teach you a skill, but you have to come with the drive and the passion and want to be somebody, you know? It's not just me, you know, coming there and expecting Duncan's gonna get you a job. I can't do that, you, you're the only one that can do that. And so people like that who go through this process and uh, a prescription that I sort of give on things that you should do to put you in a better position, that's who ends up being successful. And sure, we've had tons of people, um, uh, one of the large companies in town is ShopSpring uh, hires a lot of folks from Dev Academy because they're constantly growing and needing developers. Uh, but yeah, several people have gotten hired. A big challenge um, of uh, Dev Academy in terms of keeping track of students is keeping track of students, just like any university. It's hard to keep up with alumni. Where are you? What are you doing? Uh, but the ones that I do know of um, are doing exceptionally well. Excellent. That's what I love to hear. Um, I have so many more questions for you, but James, I want to hear your origin story, man. <laughs> wow, so uh, yeah. I, I was expecting to hear, you know, about a tornado and, 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 a, and a witch on a bicycle and Tin Man and all this stuff, but he just let me down. There was, I got a full ride to Kansas. <laughs> the end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so uh, my story, I'm gonna since we kind of got brought down a little bit. Um, <laughs> I traveled around homeless. <laughs> from yeah, now, now you, he's man. laughing at me. Here, here we go. Now um, at age nine, I became homeless, uh, and I lived in Naples, Florida. My father was a pretty heavy-handed guy, uh, and so we traveled for two and a half years out of the back of a of a Datsun B210, and uh, landed in Interlochen, Florida, which is about 20 miles yay yonder. And uh, so I graduated Interlochen High School, class of 92, voted least likely to succeed. Go Rams. And um, yeah. <laughs> Is that true? That is very true. And I got a story about uh, hosting my 25th high school reunion last summer at my new location. <laughs> uh, that was a little story. That's that classy. So I, I, I basically uh, fell in love with Gainesville, man. I mean, the Oaks Mall was the place when I was uh, 16 years old, I became a lead singer of a band. And when big bands would come to, to Florida, I would be an opening for the openers. And so I got to do a lot of really cool stuff. I knew three songs. Go, <laughs> whoa. Uh, and so the end result for me is that I just fell in love with Gainesville. It was awesome. Uh, really cool place. The university was awesome. Uh, I was given uh, not a full free ride, but I was given a free ride to microbiology. Hated it. Realized that wanting to become a doctor, to sleep with nurses, and drive a sports car was not the correct thing to do. Right? Hey, this you, you said no filter. This is what you get. No, this is great. Um, and so I had an academic advisor who said, "Look, how dare you take up a place for a student that actually wants to save a life?" So I said, "You know, you're right." So I dropped out, emptied my entire student account, and bought a stormtrooper costume from Star Wars. That's the first piece I ever collected. And then I became a professional like, TV you, you're magician. You're being serious right now. I would not do anything other than being <laughs> okay. serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I- Because I know I, you joke a lot. Like, it no, sounds, that's, it that's, almost sounds like a that's joke. That's a serious story, yeah. I, I, I was standing there in this guy's office and he said, how dare you have that attitude toward becoming a doctor? And I said, you know, you're right. Because my father was, he was very stern and I didn't get the logical understanding of life. But here's this person, Dr. Aki, in case you're listening, who basically said, Get your shit straight, son. You don't have a good attitude. And I was like, you know, you're right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna action. Being a CEO means action. Being an entrepreneur means action. Action started at me for 18 years old. And I walked out of, of that office and I just said goodbye to UF. And basically, for lack of a better thing, became a professional magician to piss my parents off even more. 
If you're gonna do it, do it 100. That was that was what my father said, right? Good commitment. Um, there and, you go. And within within six weeks of becoming a professional magician, I started my first company called Coats Magic Productions, and uh, I hired the people that were in my classes to build these magic tricks that I uh, that I invented, and uh, I sold that company six months later for a high six figure deal and moved to Chicago to become a TV personality for Discovery Channel. Wait, wait, wait. I, okay, so I've got <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> Uh, so, but like, why did you buy the Stormtrooper? So, um, like, that seems the question should be why wouldn't you want to buy a Stormtrooper costume from Star Wars? <laughs> no, no, like I get that part. Um, well, it was available, um, <laughs> and I just so happened it's weird. Uh, I always wanted one. So there's two things in life when I was a kid I always wanted a Stormtrooper costume and the chrome Zylon from our Cylon from Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. I've owned both, uh, and, and trust me, once you own them, you don't want them anymore. Uh, the, end result, <laughs> the end result is is that it was serendipitous because the exact amount of money I had in my student account at UF was the exact amount of money to buy the Stormtrooper costume. Oh, so you just knew it was meant to be. I was like, this is, this is going to happen, and my wife at the time thought I was just nuts. She's like, okay. And I've been on that crazy train ever since. <laughs> okay, so, and then you had this ma- magic business. Yes. Like what, like, what was the magic? Like, what did you do? You sure, did, so. You performed or what? Oh, well, no. God, no. Uh, Performings for, for, you know, real. Billy's birthday party, <laughs> bud. No. Um, I basically uh, just have a natural understanding of materials and how to configure things. And I genuinely think it comes from being homeless as a kid. Um, I would take parts and pieces of toys that people would throw away and reconfigure them to make my own toys because we couldn't have anything. So I I can look at different things and just understand how they work. And so I was able to understand how magic worked without having to read the instructions. And so um, I made a very simple uh, transition from science to magic, which is nothing more than psychology and physics and science. So I had a natural understanding of it. Uh, my first company, actually, for twenty nine ninety five, I would teach you how to bend a spoon with the power of your mind. My total cost into it was fifty six cents, and I sold hundreds and hundreds a week uh, in in trade magazines. And I just realized, wow, there's manufacturing. There's something there, and that's one of the reasons I like Gainesville because we have some pretty cool high end manufacturing. So I, my first manufacturing business was in Mount Vernon Apartments on Archer Road. Yeah. Making spoons that bent with the power of your mind. Nice. Go team. So yeah, I was this serious. this is the business that, that you sold? That's the business that I sold to one of the largest toy manufacturing companies. And then they moved me to Chicago to create uh, toys for people like Milton Bradley, uh, even Cracker Jack, McDonald's. But that's how I get introduced to professional TV magicians like Chris Angel, David Copperfield. And I, um, that's when I was first uh, kind of exposed to TV. And I do have a personality, uh, sort of. And uh, so <laughs> Understatement. I, I was offered my own TV show from Discovery, and, I, and that started my TV career. I did professional TV with Discovery A&E and History Channel for a handful of years. And then uh, went through a, just a horrible divorce because uh, here's entrepreneurial, sorry to bring it back down, ups and downs, yep. is success is one thing, but don't forget the people that are part of your life. And I went through this, this, this where I was making a lot of money, had a lot of rental properties in Chicago, doing a lot of great things, endorsed by a lot of big companies, but I forgot the person that I was married to. And so she left the relationship for someone else, and, and, and so this was... A defining moment in my life to go, hey, wait a minute, um, what is success? And let's go back to being voted least likely to succeed of class of 92. (laughs) 
maybe censor with us so a little beeps here and there but what is success when you're 17 or 18 years old well it's getting late having a car and having a job um and that's the mentality of a teenager well i didn't have any of it so i guess i wasn't very successful when i was 18. now that i'm a 44 year old successfully good looking broad shoulder confident ceo success is watching my little dude grow up and appreciating the amazing wife that i have and watching a culture for business that i've created from nothing so it's kind of a cool thing so well, I thought it was part of that success. You didn't mention that. But, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a dark moment in my past that we just try to forget, Duncan. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, we're just going to move on. <laughs> I, uh, no, but So what led to what you're doing now? So um, a very interesting transition. So as I mentioned, I was doing professional TV. And I was the guy, when I started telling people this, Discovery Channel paid me a lot of money to assemble a team of magicians and it was our job over a series to basically show the vulnerability of our society through pickpocketing and scams and, and, and entering buildings without supposed to be there and things like this. So I basically handpicked an amazing team of people and we tested the security of airports uh, after 9-11. And basically uh, Discovery Channel made a lot of money off of it. I received a call from a government agency that I can't mention in public, it's an alphabet agency, asking me, can I really do these things in real life? And I said, sure. Uh, so I disappeared for about 18 months and I graduated uh, intelligence analyst school and was basically attached to uh, DevGrew, which is a special operations team for the Navy SEALs, to teach them magic. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you're probably asking, do you want to see an example of some of the things that I would teach them? Sure. All right. So you're, now Colin's like, why did I invite this guy I, to my no, show? I'm like, I'll, I'll show you guys. This is very no, simple. I thought I knew a lot about you, and now no, I'm like, no. wow. All right. Like, so this I want, is, I, this you have no this idea. is going to be an, an interactive piece. So everyone go like this. Okay. Make sure you, you if, don't If you're listening, you're going to have to like, yeah, so go watch hands the video. Up. Now, now turn your hands so the thumbs are down, and then cross over your hands and interlock your fingers like this. Don't hit your microphone, Duncan. All right. Close them down. Everyone move their pinky. See how that pinky like this? Now, everyone watch my hands. Now, do the next step. So, magic is Wait. a series. <laughs> what just happened there? Right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh. And that'll be eight bucks. Uh, so, magic is a series of being three or four steps ahead, uh, ahead of, of, of what's going on presently. So, it teaches hand-eye coordination and forward thinking. So, what I would do is I would teach hand-eye coordination to sniper teams and the SEAL teams. I then had an opportunity to watch how they trained, and I started noticing the vulnerability. A lot of people don't know, but the average Navy SEAL takes about $2 million of training before they become operational. And the last thing you want is one of those guys to get wounded and taken out of, out of, out of warfare. So I created my first set of armor, but I couldn't do it traditionally. I had to do it James Coates style. And this is how a magician transitions to a defense contractor. I invented a technology. Which just sounds crazy. Yeah. Like, when you like listen to that, you're like, what? Yeah, it is, my, my, my wife said I should write a book, but I'm not done yet. Um, so as a magician, one of the claims to fame that I have is I invented a technology that allowed a very famous magician to become invisible, surrounded by people. And I have a patent on this technology. It was uh, electronic scrimming for those of you who were in the TV industry or something along those lines, but I built it into clothing and it made someone appear invisible. So this person whose initials are DC on national TV live, faded, invisible in front of fully surrounded by people. I decided to build that technology into a set of body armor. 
It was featured on the Military Channel as the Chameleon Project, and I'm sitting right here in your booth. So um, I received a call from a company called British Aerospace Engineering Systems. Now, please understand I'm still a college dropout. Uh, that we hear that you've created a technology that allows people to become invisible and blend into multiple color spectrums like a chameleon. Well, yes. Yes, I did. I was given uh, some clearance into a military, closed military trade show. And uh, I'll never forget it because there's lots of defining moments as an entrepreneur that we come across these, these walls. And we can choose to let that wall stop us or we can climb over it or we can understand why it's there and negotiate it, right? So I go into this booth of a $59 billion a year defense contracting company called BA Systems or British Aerospace Engineering Systems. And I'm sitting with this guy, first name was Dan, complete a-hole. He says, I don't know why you're here, but you got the government saying you need to be here. I built that armor, you're wasting my time. Okay. You want to see what my armor does? So I turn it on, it goes from black to green. And all of a sudden he clears the booth, kicks everyone out. The booth is about larger than your building. And basically said, how much? <laughs> oh, okay. So I said, I'll be back in 20 minutes. I leave what is now considered a classified technology in their booth. And I just walk away for 20 minutes. I'm going to do other things. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I come up with a number. I come back, and, and they say, all right. I gave them the number, and they said, okay, that's your salary. I yeah. said, what do you mean that's my salary? I, I didn't say I'm working for you. Oh, you do now. So they created a special department for me called the Advanced Development Department. The Advanced Development Department was the skunk works department for our government. And so basically I got to create technologies that didn't exist for people that don't exist. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a movie, isn't it? <laughs> Crazy. Like my brain is spinning. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. You, <laughs> you asked. I had to give the truth and the answers associated to it. Uh, shortly afterwards, I, I um, uh, to make a long story short, I went through a variety of uh, trials and tribulations. Um, I earned my bachelor's degree in less than 13 months um, and uh, went through a variety of training, sniper training, EOD training, hostage negotiation training, emerged a person with more confidence than you see today uh, and physically able to know what was happening in the, in the engineering and special operations community. What I realized and why Phalanx was created and why Gainesville was chosen, uh, let's bring it back to why we're here, is you have two segmented groups of people, engineers and what we call operators, our special operations groups. They don't speak the same language. I don't speak the language that he does when it comes to app development. He doesn't speak body armor, so we need a translator. I became a translator. I then created a group of special people that became translators because we went through the same training that special operations groups went through, and they went through some of the engineering training so we could speak the same language. So in the claims of fame, uh, basically understanding the end user allowed me to create gear that was uh, pretty special for some pretty special people that I can't really go too in-depth into. But that's the basics. And why Gainesville is because the amazing talent that Gainesville has from University of Florida. All my engineers come from UF, every single one of them, because they're cool cats that don't know what no means. No just means I've established communication, now tell me why why it's no. 
So that's kind of why I chose Gainesville, and and I, instead of doing uh, cocaine and hookers with the money for my fame, uh, you said you could beat this out. <laughs> um, I decided to start uh, a company uh, called Phalanx Defense Systems, and I left British Aerospace in 2012, and started Phalanx uh, out of my garage, and and now it's grown to be a 30,000 square foot manufacturing business that has uh, saved countless lives of people that exist and don't exist. Isn't it in the old? You said an old. Military armor, or armor. Yeah, so I, I... I mean, I think that's kind of cool, yeah. <laughs> given it, the type of business. It is pretty spiffy. I had the opportunity of negotiating with a city. Uh, I offered them a dollar for a building, uh, and they laughed, and so I made it two dollars. <laughs> um, and so through a 14-month negotiation process, I purchased the old armory on the east side of Gainesville and uh, rehabbed it, stuck a ton of money into it, and created a Google culture that centers around the hero, which is the first responder for us. And then I put my private collection because the stormtrooper turned into a lot. I still have that stormtrooper. So was that just a natural, I mean, have you always been obsessed with like superheroes? When you say obsessed, I don't take pictures of him through the window anymore. That's, we're we're done with that. That's, he's he's pointing at Duncan. That's that dark moment. Everybody who's listening. That that medication has kicked in for him. Repeat your question because I'm just enamored <laughs> by this this awesomeness that's just exuding off the of Duncan over here. I love that both of you guys are here together. <laughs> um, uh, good no. touch, bad touch. Good touch, bad touch. <laughs> just the, you know, like I, a lot of times people ask me, "Hey, like, were you always passionate about about scooters?" And I'm like, "No, I saw an opportunity." And like, so were you passionate about superheroes, or was it just kind of this? All right, now we're doing. You know, I was doing this stuff with the military. This is like armor, like, and then the that hobby of collecting these things came into place? Or were you just well, like, you're like, screw it, I am Tony Stark of Gainesville, I should have every Iron Man suit there is? Um, that too. Um, <laughs> uh, the life of James Coates, dot, dot, dot. Um, so to go back before I became homeless, one of the reasons I became homeless was the medical bills that I personally caused my family. Mm. So I was born allergic to everything. I had an autoimmune disease that made me allergic to pretty much everything. And the only thing I could have in the hospital at times when I had to be segmented out was comic books. So imagine um, Dr. Cade, which is an amazing coincidence, uh, the inventor of Gatorade, created a medical Gatorade for me hmm. and other kids like myself so that we could have some nutrition because I couldn't have a lot of stuff, a lot of food. I couldn't even, I was in a plastic room for three and a half months at a time. And, and, and so, make a long story short, I didn't have a reaction to comic books. So I surrounded myself with what made me comfortable. Now, right now, Tony Stark and, 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 and Bruce Wayne are kind of the comic book people I look up to. But at, when I was a little kid, it was Spider-Man. And the reason being is because Peter Parker got stung by a spider. Well, when I was a kid, I had to go through bee sting immunotherapy, which is basically where they sting you with a bee to build your immune system. So I kind of identified with Peter Parker. And then I got my own Spider-Man suit, and the rest is history. Uh, so ultimately, it came from that's the only thing that could have in the hospital. I mean, it's knowing you. Like now, I'm like looking back, and like I'm. It's it's cool to kind of see how all these pieces have clicked together, because that's ultimately what has led to superheroes for hope. Absolutely, uh, superheroes for hope is something that I started about two and a half years ago. That's actually now becoming a national charity, which is just humbling for me. Um, it, it started with a little dude named Sam Hersom who has Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. And his father found out that I had this amazing collection of stuff. And I, and I, my wife said, get it out of the house. And so <laughs> I, I, I took it to my office. The next thing I know, people are, because we're a closed facility. We're not open to the public. 
And so this little dude um, who battles more in the first two hours of, of his day than most of us do in a month basically came to my facility. But me being James Coates, I can't just do something half-ass. So I was involved in a lawsuit with a company that I, I had create a stealth operations vehicle for the SEAL teams. They took my design and gave it to some people in Saudi Arabia. So I was, they took a classified technology that I created and basically made one for some prince in Saudi Arabia or something like that. So I was like, you can't do that. But the big guy upstairs, I'm sitting here about to this kid to come in the two days and something told me to call these people and say, hey, do you have a Batmobile? And he said, maybe. I said, I will drop the lawsuit if you can make a Batmobile show up. This is like on a Thursday, on a Saturday, this coming up Saturday. And a guy says, we'll see you Saturday. <laughs> now, I don't know why I decided to call this guy. My lawyer still yells at me going, are you nuts? Yes, apparently I am. Um, and as I was, this little kid is, is facing me, and you never saw my old location, was inside the Gainesville airport. And I'm, I'm facing him, and I wear sunglasses. They're gone. I wear sunglasses because, one, I'm cool, but, two, um, <laughs> it gives me a barrier between people because, basically, if I'm in a bad mood, wear sunglasses, just don't talk to me. That's, that's, that's my little mm. you know, defense mechanism. So I'm wearing these sunglasses, and I look, and I see on Waldo Road a semi-truck with the tumbler from Batman Begins. And I'm like, oh, my God. I start crying. Uh, real men cry. If you can't handle that, sorry. It's what you do when you cry that defines you. Then it, I don't see the truck. I don't see the tumbler anymore. Then all of a sudden I hear the roar of an engine starting up. And the next thing I know, the tumbler from Batman Begins pulls up to my gate. And I am bawling now. And what it ended up to be a private event for a little kid ended up gathering 150 people. And they, it was an incredible event, but it showed me that I can use this unique brand known as James Coates to help other people. But I had to wrap something around. That's where Superheroes for Hope came. Now I do have three Batmobiles. Uh, I, well, technically two now. I gave the Tumblr, because I have my own version of the Tumblr, created by a tremendous uh, artist here in Gainesville. I gave it to a little boy's parents who lost his battle with cancer. And so they could basically keep, uh, oh, must be me. Um, his phone's ringing for everybody <laughs> listening. <laughs> Now I'll put it in my pocket, so put it on vibrate. You can call me Duncan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just remember, you invited us. It's um, too early. So to make a long story short, I, I, I donated a Batmobile to, to these pretty cool folks uh, in, in Dallas, Texas, who lost their little boy to cancer. And that Batmobile was special for me and special to them because when they chose to have their child taken off of the experimental uh, therapies, they said, we want him to play with your son. Uh, who's the same age as, as Sawyer. And make a long story short, we ended up doing that, and, and uh, so now it's up there in Texas and helping raise awareness to, for kids with cancer. And so it's grown. Um, I know I've been sporadic all over the place, but it's that, awesome. Like, yeah, it's amazing. We need to introduce him to Taylor, Taylor Williams. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good, like, it's a yeah. good story, it's storytelling. Yeah, like, man. Um, do you know Taylor Williams from um, Glory GMB? I have the slightest clue who that is. Okay, we're going to. Is that who was on your show last time? Yeah, 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 and she does like improv, like storytelling. Oh, stuff Taylor, like, Taylor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's James, you've awesome. worked with uh, Bobby White, Basketball Cop, a little bit too, correct? Yeah, cool cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that maybe back in like March or April. The uh, the kid he helped start the lawn service, and mm -hmm. you were his first his first contract, correct? Um, or one of his first contracts. Well, uh, let me give you a Bobby White story. 
yeah. first. And right. I sit on the uh, board of directors right. at the Basketball Cop I, Foundation. I love so I, I work with them too. So just like here at, at Colin's place, you have a very unique culture. Well, at Phoenix, we have a very cool culture as well. And so basically I decided to shut the business down one day and bring in professional laser tag. And myself going through you know, some training and I have a, a variety of former operators uh, I decided to pick a team with all the good people, and basically <laughs> we we decided to shut Phalanx down. Well, what I didn't know is that um, we're stacked on the outside of Phalanx, and the cops get called. That there's an active shooter. Oh no! Tactical engagement happening at Phalanx, <laughs> and, and I was like, yes. And the responding officer was Bobby, and 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 Bobby sent me a text. He goes, James, what in the beep are you doing? <laughs> I, I said, I'm laser tag for my for my team. He's like, I know. That's why I'm not. I cancel the call. Uh, so Bobby's a cool cat. Matter of fact, I was just talking to him yesterday. Um, so Bobby introduced us to a young man uh, to answer your question, and and we. Let me just be open and transparent. We tried to help that young man, but his parental unit got in the way. Mm. And that's the sad part because we have lots of obstacles, but when those obstacles are associated to addiction, it gives you a skewed version of life. So here's this young man who who is he's hustling it, man. He's out there doing some of the hardest things, which is manual labor in summer. And his parental unit is just taking everything from him. And, Man, and it it, it's, it's sad. So we just kind of yeah. walked away. Now uh, I'm helping uh, Tasia um, yeah. with the lemonade, with the which thing. is yeah. Yeah, completely nice. awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, she's cool cat. And the lemonade actually is phenomenal. It's not made up. It's like good. Yeah. Buy some lemonade, Duncan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So remember how I talked about uh, cool CEOs and founders? Yeah. That's how I met this guy. I saw him in the paper and I was like, I gotta meet this dude. And I just, I think I had sent you an email or something. I don't even know. And he's like, yeah, come on down. And went out there and heard stories for days. And I was just like, this guy is unbelievable. You unbelievable. Just, I think when people, if you, when you think of Gainesville, you look at Gainesville, you're like, you don't, you just don't, I mean, that's the whole point of why we're doing this. Yeah. Because you just don't realize that there's individuals like yourselves here doing incredible things. And like, and when we get to sit down and hear these stories and me, like I know a lot of stories like from a lot of entrepreneurs, like I'm friends with you guys, but like when I even get to dive in deeper with them, I mean, I learn something new every time I sit down with somebody. And, um, and that's like, I don't know, man, it's just, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, what's your favorite superhero, James? Is it Spider Man because of those early days? Or is no, it? I, I can I'm look an Ant Man guy. You're what? Ant Man. Are you really? really? That's interesting. Someone's got to be an Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> Better pick something from Wakanda, man. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, brother. Um, <laughs> so, in all actuality, I am a fan of of the Christian Bale Batman, and the reason being is because uh, me being who I am, I actually built a true functional suit like that. Um, and I also own his stunt suits, uh, so I'm really connected to it. But it was just believable enough to say this is possible. We're Tony Stark. No, you can't. You can't get in an Iron Man suit and fly. You just can't do that. But darn sure, if I can't build a real suit like Christian Bale, so I, I'd say uh, Batman, not the Ben Affleck version. <laughs> you got to be very specific. The Michael Keaton and the and the Christian Bale Batman. Okay, nice. Duncan, what's your favorite superhero, man? Oh. Wonder Woman. <laughs> What's wrong with that? 
Nothing. She's, oh, she's okay. on. I just think it's great that he. Chose I don't know. I, say, I just think it's great that he chose it for you. There's nothing wrong with one. No, I just think it's great that he chose take that, that for you. I take it. <laughs> no, I think Batman too. Copycat. Copycat. I know. No. Got to. Can't be. Can't be the odd man out here, right? <laughs> So when can we set up this uh, laser tag? <laughs> yeah, when can we come? <laughs> I think Colin and I both wrote that in our notes. It's like laser tag I, fall. I did. I hear at the top up. laser tag. Well, what's funny is because he's talking about uh, culture and everything, and we, like when we bought this property, mm-hmm. you know, they got this 4,500 square foot warehouse back here, Yeah, and we filled it. You know, when all the scooters came in in July, a year or two ago, like we filled it. I'm like, oh my gosh, check this out. We have our own laser tag arena. (laughs) And we bought these laser tag guns. And and then, of course, like laser tag guns came in, we got busy and we have yet to use them. But if you walk into our warehouse, there's laser tag guns like racked up on the wall. I'm already thinking corporate laser tag league. (laughs) <laughs> corporate. Well, let's we can do have it. challenges. We've got all these awesome people on the podcast. Gainesville Dev Academy against New Scooters for Less next Friday night. Let's do it. And Phalanx against all y'all. Ooh. I'll be on that team. Yeah, right. Of course you would. <laughs> What's up? I mean, how often... Sorry, I didn't mean to like just sprint out of laser no. tag. <laughs> I'm like I'm like looking at time and I'm like, man, we're gonna get we're getting on short on time really quick. Um, how often are you doing events with the the charity? Because I know you do them, you do them pretty often, right? Uh, we do. Um, so I have a great connection with uh, Make a Wish Dreams Come True and Shans and also uh, the Sheriff's Department. So whenever we find uh, a young person who needs just some just some love and some escape from what they're going through. Uh, however, um, we're doing July 23rd through the 27th. We're having a, an all-week event from 11 to 2 for all law enforcement. So we're feeding them, and that's that's through the charity as well. Because once again, my heroes are, are first responders and law enforcement. Uh, we have an and that's amazing, at this month of July. Yeah. All right. This yeah. This July. Everybody's not, listening. This episode next. will air in August, but yeah. So it was in in July. It was. But cool. It was. We just experienced time travel, Duncan. How do you, how do you <laughs> <That> feel? <fast. laughs> doc, Doc. Tripping. Um, You're speechless now, Colin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Done. Like, I, I don't know if I've been this speechless because I'm like trying to figure, like I'm listening and I'm like, man, what direction do I want to go with? <laughs> I just want to say, this? invite Duncan to your housewarming party. He brings the best liqueur. Is this um, true? It, okay. it is. I, I had a housewarming party because I just got my dream house. And my man here was invited, and because uh, he's always saying, "You never invite me to your stuff." Well, he was the first guy I invited. <laughs> Didn't even invite Colin, you know. <laughs> um, but he's like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Rum is always uh, a gift." Hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> always, Any kind oh, of rum. Nice. You guys, you guys actually have it here. Yeah. Always um, bring the rum. And he brought preferred stock, and I'm just like, man, he he. Whoa, my man, and thank you. I just want to say thank you. I love you. <laughs> love you back, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is going to be the most random podcast, like eight, like so many different directions, which I'm totally cool with. That makes them great. I wanted to uh, cycle back on one thing with, with Duncan. No. Um, so uh, with the Code Academy, I've done some work with a nonprofit Code Academy out in, based out of Albuquerque called Cultivating Coders. Okay. And uh, they do some, like reach out to native New Mexicans and some stuff. Are you guys getting into some scholarships and things with kids through the coding academies where people can can do it for free, or is it more uh, kind of tuition based at, at this point? So it's all 
tuition based, but we do work. When I talk about the residents that we're working with, there's a, a good portion, probably about 40, 50% um, in the last uh, about a year ago that we worked through uh, Career Source, which is a workforce board over here, mm-hmm. uh, where the workforce board had a grant um, that they were able to actually give scholarships, were able to give scholarships away to a lot of people. And that helped a lot of people because our classes are not by any means uh, cheap, <laughs> uh, but they're also, I don't think, that expensive. We are like uh, probably half, almost half of what the national average is. Um, but yeah, and then we also do a, a summer camp every year for the last three years for kids between ages eight and 14. Uh, this year we uh, partnered up with uh, Cade Museum okay. and we, we registered 125 kids and out of those 25 we give away scholarships. Awesome. And those are, I've, I was actually looking at this the other day when I was at the Cade. Um, there's summer camps almost every week there that you guys are kind of running or co-sanctioned camps over there at the kid. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, so half the day is spent in the mornings. Uh, the first four hours in the morning are spent doing coding. Um, and so we have focused on um, HTML, uh, using Scratch, uh, Python programming. And the idea is not really to turn kids into like these power geniuses in coding or become the next Mark Zuckerberg, but the idea is to get you excited about technology. And so that's what we'll do as well. You know, like with with the Scratch Week, we'll teach you how to make uh, video games, uh, simple video games. And so kids will learn passively about, you know, collision and how to detect collisions and stuff with objects as you're building this stuff. Um, and we hope that when they leave there, uh, that they will go and continue this at home or something else. And what's happened is actually I talked to a parent um, a couple of weeks ago and I asked them how their child enjoyed the class and they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot get them off scratch. They're on it all day long. <laughs> I'm like, success, that's success to me. Yeah. It's like, I got you excited about it. And everything we teach is all, because um, again, remember we're giving away scholarships, but we try and make it where the technology that we pick is something that's either cloud-based, so you don't have to own a computer, you don't need to buy any special license, you can go to the library and do this for all we care. Um, and the idea is to be able to reach everybody by, by doing that. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I know that we always finish up the last few minutes with uh, some Gainesville questions and stuff, but uh, I think I want to save that for the side hustle. Okay. So anybody who's listening, like, go check out the, the side hustle, which is a little after the podcast Q&A we'll do, hmm. we'll just really, really quick. Um, but I want to I want to kind of dive into the future of of technology businesses um, and that thing for a little bit. And I know Duncan, you are you're pretty well educated with with the cryptocurrency stuff. Um, like I've seen you speak on it before. I mean, like blockchain is something that you constantly hear about being being talked about. I mean, for everybody listening, like my mom. Um, hi, mom. <laughs> and and a lot of people out there like I mean and I'll be honest like even myself for a long time you know I, I've I've googled the word blockchain <laughs> several times trying to make sure like I understand I mean can you could you give us like the third the third grade version <laughs> of of what 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 is blockchain and like and why should we even be concerned with it Yeah um blockchain is Amazing technology. First of all, I just want to plug two things. I do have an article in the Business Grade uh, magazine. There's an article on blockchain. It's basically the demystify 
blockchain and also For July? Just, like what month was that? Yeah, July. Okay. And cool. also uh, just did a, a video podcast on um, with IT Pro for CompTIA's AITP, which is the Association for International Technical Professionals, I believe is what it stands for. Is that, that's uh, where your on blockchain. Uh, location's at that's now? That's where our location is, is by IT Pro, which is off uh, Tower Road. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was specifically on blockchain and uh, these two events that I participated in, I was asked to because a lot of uh, professionals and other people will hear all these stories about blockchain, blockchain this, blockchain that. Everything you hear is about use cases of blockchain, but nobody understood, well, what is this thing that's called blockchain? What does it mean? And ironically, you'll find that there's a lot of companies that are trading or have used the, have added the word blockchain to the business and the business has grown even though they're not using blockchain. But uh, basically, blockchain is most uh, commonly associated with cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, because that's where it was actually originated by this uh, pseudonym uh, person that we don't know a person's called Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, who wrote a white paper that basically outlaid uh, what uh, cryptocurrency, digital currency, and how blockchain was invented as a way to create a technological framework that allows you to like trade uh, between people or exchange monies between people digitally. Uh, so you can think of it as a, an accounting ledger, but it's completely digital, it's decentralized, nobody owns it, everybody, well everybody owns it so to speak, everybody has a copy of it. So if you put a transaction in there, I get a copy of that transaction, Ty gets a copy, James gets a copy, we all have one. If, uh, if if Colin decides that he's gonna modify his transaction uh, because he's just being a bad dude, um, it will not allow it because it's gonna go validate against Ty's, against mine, against James, and see, wait, these guys don't match up with what you just did, so you're gonna get rejected. And the idea behind that is it avoids this whole idea of like uh, double entry errors that you have from human factor. Uh, so blockchain basically keeps everything level and keeps everybody um, in, trusted mode in a trustless system because again there's nobody behind this it's all computer-based uh, so blockchain is essentially the technology that people should be focused on uh, when we talk about cryptocurrency everybody gets excited about it yeah 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 and then you hear about the crash and all this other stuff uh, cryptocurrency is great but I remember watching uh, Richard Branson and he said that Bitcoin ethereum all these guys uh, in terms of currency these we should look at them as betas of a technology that's going to be great one day so yeah cryptocurrency came out Bitcoin was awesome it crashed it's not probably not the best thing yet, but one day we're gonna be there. And I think that um, just the whole idea of digital transaction, digital currency is gonna be the wave of the future. I mean, I can't remember the last time I wrote a check, honestly. Um, and uh, we all use ATM cards. And so anybody that feels like it's creepy, you're already doing it right now when you're using your debit card or whatever, Apple Pay, like what's the difference, you know? Um, in terms of investment, which is what m most people are going for, it's like anything else, only invest what you can afford to lose anyway, right? Uh, so that's the advice I would give with that. But uh, blockchain essentially is what's gonna solve a lot of our problems. This is, um, and when you talk about looking into the future, I think one of the things to realize is it, it can change, technology changes very fast. Uh, and so there's now this move towards uh, quantum computing, which could completely change what we know of about blockchain. We may not need it, you know. Uh, but at the moment, that's, this is where we're at. Blockchain is the technology to look for, if, especially if you're um, trying to improve 
a system that requires interaction between multiple people. And uh, one of the things that did on that on this particular talk was give an idea of how and when you should use blockchain in your business. Because most people think I just add blockchain, but it has to make sense. Um, I I can't tell you how much I hate when people over-engineer something that does not need stuff. You know. Um, so you think about um, a good place for blockchain is if you have a network of people that just don't trust each other. Um, or maybe you have an intermediary in between that you rely on to do everything um, and maybe you don't trust them at all or have no reason to trust them. Uh, those are some of the things that you would look for in order to determine, you know, does it fit? You know, should we use it? That kind of stuff. Just a, a whole level of transparency that's uh, being added. Uh, absolutely, and that's that's why I love it. Among other things in technology, anything that cre- creates transparency and accountability to me is like phenomenal. Do it. Okay, so what's kind of switching subjects a little bit? Uh, what's in the future for Gainesville Dev Academy? Oh, geez, Gainesville Dev Academy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll always continue to try and help people become better at what they do, and so we're always. Um, when when most when we talk about in in business world about pivoting, our pivots always uh, trying to keep up with what's the current technology that's most um, sought after for uh, folks. And so I stay in touch with recruiters and and businesses to find out what technologies they're looking for. Um, it would be nice to hit up every technology in the world, but we just kind of stay with the most highly sought after. And so typically it's like front end development, JavaScript especially is like something that's that's grown and matured so much it's like in everything problem is like there's a million frameworks we don't go through all those frameworks we just teach you some basic ones basically um but um uh we also uh partner with um uh, IT Pro uh, and have a section under IT Pro TV called Dev Pro TV so you have to subscribe to IT Pro and you'd find Dev Pro underneath there which is essentially what we do in class software development but online so you can actually go in there for a subscription a monthly fee and just learn whatever you got i mean there's python react uh, node just about any major framework that you want to learn is available online and that was our way of scaling out and i think in terms of dev academy logistically it's it's almost crazy to like create more locations which is essentially what you would need to do in order to grow it uh, the best way to go is um, is online uh, there's still a portion of people like myself who prefer to be offline like in a classroom because I want to be able to, to be around other people that are struggling like I am <laughs> uh, you want to be able to ask questions and have a mentor there in front of you which works for some people for a lot of people actually uh, so classroom is not dead so I still believe in it and and the people that we get of those people that really get true value out of it. I think the the bonus for uh, being in a classroom as opposed to just go and learn any of this online, which you can do, by the way, you can pick up any number of places for like 20 bucks a month or even free co-camp, which is completely free. Uh, but being in a classroom allows you to be to network with a group of folks just like yourself and you realize just like when you were in a college and you're in a frat or whatever the case may be, the people that graduate with you, somebody's going to end up getting a bang ass job if I can say ass I just did <laughs> um, and so um, they, that's a, he's, he's so proud of himself I know I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, 
so, so imagine somebody from your class ends up working for, I don't know, Google, Facebook, and one day they're hiring and they reach out to the people that they know they were in a class with. That's a bonus. Um, we also have for, we'll call it a brand, Gainesville Dev Academy. So when you're graduating and looking for a job and you say, I went to Gainesville Dev Academy, that kind of gives you a step up as opposed to saying, yeah, I learned it online mm-hmm. at some place that nobody knows or whatever the case may be. Um, and again, like I said, the mentor part, that's huge. That's really huge. And we also have on, um, it's either weekly or biweekly, uh, we, we bring in CTOs and CEOs for companies because I want folks to hear from the person that hires you and the person that you work for. What is it that they look for? And these are like tips for you as a student to prepare yourself for that job. Like, how should I align myself so I can get the perfect job? You may not work for that CTO, but he just told you what a CTO is looking for and what you should be learning and what you should be preparing yourself. Um, All these things are are things that you, I don't think can get in a classroom. And that's why we do this. Um, It's a lot easier this way. Excellent, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you. James, what's the future of Phalanx Defense Systems look like? First, I want to ask, were you part of a fraternity? Did I kind of get a little hint of that or? Never. <laughs> you sure? I, uh, yeah. A sorority? I just want to see where we're at. I wouldn't take it. Right. Um, what's the future of Phalanx? I have no clue. Do you like that? The end. Just, um, okay. No, um, actually. Well, I mean, like a lot of people, I know a lot of entrepreneurs are very much like, man, like things change so rapidly that I just go with the flow and it just seems like one thing uncovers and I go in the new direction. Like a lot of people like that. And then there's a lot of people like, I have this grand vision. This is what I'm going after. I mean, what is it for you? You know, I, I recently brought in a consulting company to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And you know, it's amazing. You know what you're doing wrong, but when someone of authority tells you what you're doing wrong, all of a sudden it just makes sense. Um, and so uh, I've, I, myself and my team have reinvented the company over the last three months. Uh, to the point where we are just, I don't say taking off like a rocket, but it's amazing. Um, There's no manual to teach you how to start a scooter store, right? You can't go to Home Depot or the library and say, hey, how do I do this? Well, there's not the same with the body armor manufacturing company. So we invented processes that are apparently pretty cool. We invented business systems that apparently semi-work. And now we're putting in new ERP systems and new CRM systems and working with a selling factory, just a little kick out for them, selling factory and Brad over there, they're, they're gonna be handling 100% of our sales, which is phenomenal. Hmm. Um, but one of the, the, the biggest issues, just to be honest with you, is, is the consulting company asks you, what's your exit strategy? Hmm. I don't know. I, I just have no clue. I'm gonna I actually grow. hate that question. Yeah, it, it sucks. As an entrepreneur, like I'm like, I don't have one. Yeah, and, I, I, and I don't care if I, I don't have one. So. Yeah, I, I have no clue what that is. Uh, thank you for asking, and uh, I'll, I'll take Vanna for a dollar, please. Um, <laughs> and uh, ultimately, I, I don't know. Um, we've acquired uh, kind of a new company, and, and I think I'm going to go into acquisition mode and just buy a few companies, I think, and bring them to Gainesville. Oh, wow. Um, that it, why not try it? If you fail, you fail. Yeah. Just get up That's and sick. He's trying to give you high five. <laughs> are you trying to give high five? No, he says acquiring that? companies. I'm like, hello. Oh, they have to be successful. Dang. <laughs> 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 sorry, no. I'm looking for my exit. <laughs> that was horrible. I'm so I'm so yeah, sorry. I you know, mean to talk about your your thing like that. <laughs> He's talking about the other business, not gains with Dev Academy. He used to be a surgeon specifically. That's uh, what do they call this? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what Vasectomies. How many people uh, are working for you? 
Um, so we have like 20-ish inside, okay. 115 uh, independents out in the field, and I think I'm bringing on eight through Brad. Cool. So, yeah. And they're, Brad's about, I think, uh, hopefully he doesn't get mad about me saying this. I think no, they're moving. He's moving to Catalyst. Yeah. Moving yeah. to Catalyst. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty exciting. So I, oh, he's I'm wearing cool. my Selling Factory shirt. Today, yes. Actually. Hey, Brad, I want a Selling Factory shirt. <laughs> I signed a contract. Need I, I need them. <laughs> there you go. Hey, um... We ran over, which is like awesome because I could honestly go for another yeah, half hour, sure. hour, um, and so I'm definitely want to get you guys to answer a couple more things. So in the side hustle, just to prep everybody, who I'm, I'm actually going to dive a little bit more into like advice for advice for somebody who is considering dropping out of college to pursue, you know, their a, a job um, or what they love or pressure from parents, that kind of thing. I'm going to dive a little bit into that with James because I think that is just such an interesting topic. Um, yep. And and, I, and I've, I've got more. But before we sign off, I would I definitely want to make sure that this gets on the podcast. How can people um, help with Superheroes for Hope? Uh, how can how can they donate? Like, where's the place to go? Um, I mean, superheroesforhope.org, uh, you can make a cash donation there. It's easy, but it's not personal. I like personal touches. If you want to donate a weird car, a Batmobile, any superhero stuff. You just got done gonna, doing the Ghostbuster. Yeah, I, I have what a Ghostbuster mobile. It's, it's a pain in the ass to have a 22-foot-long hearse. <laughs> but if you have any fetishes you need to address, there's a hearse down the road. Uh, <laughs> just remember, you invited us. Um <laughs> No, it's it's uh, if they like to help in any form or fashion, what we do with the monies is is we ship our displays free of charge all over the United States, so mm. other hospitals and other other entities can utilize them because there's only ones of the things that I have, um, so I like to share those and not keep them to myself. So, dude, if you uh, end up doing like a Deadpool something, <laughs> do you like Deadpool? He does have Deadpool. I, don't, don't I, I do have you? Deadpool stunts yeah. if you want to come wear it. The red Vespa. The red Vespa. Comes with unicorn doll and everything. <laughs> so, um, final things. Just a shout out where to find you guys. Where do you find me? Uh, like I said, uh, IT Pro Building, which is on Tar Road. So, okay, some, website. Website, uh, gameswithdevacademy.com. Any social media? Uh, every one of them, gameswithdevacademy.com. Okay. <laughs> oh, gameswithdevacademy, really. <laughs> And James, we're, we're you? Uh, failingsystems.com, and uh, you can see us on Facebook, Instagram. We're doing uh, a lot of crazy things out there, and also superheroesforhope.org. Cool. Perfect. And, any last things, Ty? No, this was awesome. Thank this you guys awesome. for coming yeah, on. Thank you guys yeah. so much. On the count of three, everybody say bye. One, two, three. Bye. bye. <laughs> see you.